Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tackle the Text. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson. I am privileged to give leadership to the Lighthouse Church, and this is Pastor Torrance Moore to my right, who is the assistant pastor of the Lighthouse Church. And I'm sure you're looking on stage, if you are a frequent watcher of Tackle the Text, I'm sure you're looking and saying, where's the other crew? Where's Pastor Raymond? Where's Pastor Hammond? Uh, Today, I wanted to do something just a little bit different. I want you to get every person that you have under your circle of influence. Maybe you are an entrepreneur right now, and you have a business, and you're trying to figure out how to motivate your employees. Maybe you're a parent, and you're trying to figure out, how do I motivate my children? Maybe you're a husband and wife, and you guys are trying to accomplish things for the kingdom of God, or perhaps just um, in your own uh, finances and resources, and you're trying to figure out how to get to the next level. You know, some people think it's brute energy, Some think it's brute force. Some think that you have to uh, kick the door in. And all of those things are ways. But if this was a sermon and I had to give it a title, today I would call it Another Way In. Over the next few moments, I hope that my conversation with Pastor Torrance will show you that there is another way in. Another way into your destiny. Another way into your dreams. Another way into making that thing that you have in your mind a part of your present reality. And I know somebody who is uniquely qualified and can help you to get just there. I want to introduce to some of you all and just present to the others uh, the assistant pastor of the Lighthouse Church, Pastor Torrance Moore. How are you, sir? I am wonderful, man. You you doing good? I'm good. I'm good. I am honored to be up here. What in the world is in you? that so many people are missing where choosing to be second doesn't feel like settling for being second. Because second, now this is what I always thought, this is the thing right here. I said that being second here was better than being number one somewhere else. Mm. Only because when you know your assignment, when God places you in an assignment, you always feel like you are in the best assignment. I know that this is my assignment. I'm not running behind multiple assignments trying to figure out where I belong. I know exactly who I am, where I should be, and what I should be doing. That's why I always feel like I'm number one. Because I know who I am and who I'm supposed to be. And now I try to distribute that. Like, I try to teach people. I, I want to multiply that in me. Because if you're going to be a minister, this is, if you're going to be a minister here, the first thing you're going to understand is that when you come here, you're not the pastor. But secondly, we're going to help you become a servant. And then if you get service down, then maybe the Lord will see fit to place you in a ministry somewhere. But how can you serve them if you can't serve here? Because service has to be the first one. The very first thing that you think about is not you. You're not first. The scripture says in John 6, right about the 46th verse, that Jesus had just performed a miracle. And he got in a boat and went to the other side of the sea. And all these people came over there looking for him. They came to Capernaum and found him on the other side of the sea. And Jesus said, uh, don't chase me because you saw the signs and the wonders. 
but, but, but you're, after, you're after me because you got the bread and you were filled. And they said, well, how can we perform the works of God like you? And they said, well, he said, well, listen, I am the work of the Lord. I am the one who, count, who comes down from heaven. If you eat of me, you'll be filled. He told them, don't, don't chase me for signs and wonders. Just come for me. That's why I'm here, Pastor. I came because God sent me to you to work in this ministry. And then while I'm here, to try to develop other servants along the way. To say, this is why we're here. This is for God, not for me. I'm not first. I'm not on stage here. I'm not the main attraction. But if God sees me in this field, he's going to help me grow here because I'm working here. I'm planting. I'm touching things. I'm planted here. Do you know how important it is for that mindset to get into the earth? And how many of you need to understand the safety of second? It's safe. There is safety in second. Everybody in our organization, all of our staff members know that if they have an issue, that between you and the COO, it can get solved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You counsel, uh, mentor, teach, touch more people on a daily basis than I ever can. But yet, nobody ever has to put the mortgage on your desk. (laughs) Nobody ever has to take an exorbitant payroll and sit it on your desk. You don't have to worry about making sure that nearly 100 people have insurance or that a parking lot is put over here just so that people can walk through a door over here and then another parking lot over here just so a hill doesn't go in the mud. (laughs) There is safety in second. And although it has an immense responsibility, built in it is a safety that you don't get at first. There's a book called Making It Big Where You Are. are. And, and, And a lot of people don't understand that being where you are is always be it's always better than being where you want to be. Absolutely. Where you want, I, I was talking to another pastor. I spoke to three pastors today on my way here wow. who want to quit. Mm. Three today who are now trying to figure out how to get out of the ministry because of how people treat people in this position. So they look at us and because we come out Sunday after Sunday and we're saying what thus said the Lord and uh, and, and we're preaching, they don't understand that beneath the ephod they gave us yeah, yeah. is the timid, humble, introverted, touchable person, touchable person that yeah. God created yeah. that is not up here because we want to be. Some are, but not all. Yeah. And I always say the most dangerous preacher is the one who wants to pastor. Who wants to pastor. Because <laughs> if you really know what this is about, yeah. you run from it until it catches you. You don't yeah. run to this. Yeah. 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 You, you don't, who runs to be ostracized and yeah, darts fired at them, darts fired at them and, 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 and criticized, tortured and, and looked at as inhumane and spoke to? 
As I, I had a young lady uh, come on my Instagram uh, direct message the other day cussing me out like we knew each other. Yeah. And yeah. if she knew the real me, <laughs> she would know that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> that just, I mean, in me dwelleth no good thing. No good thing. <laughs> but because yeah. I know the position. I sometimes have to harness the person. And, 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 and do you know how difficult it is when the position and the person fight? Whew. Because you cannot do the thing which you would have done. Oh, the things that I would do, I do I not. Because that I would do. Because evil is present, present. on every oh, hand. And I'm yes, perplexed sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> on every side, but yet not yes. in distress. Yes, I mean, sir. it is... It is the most difficult job I know. It is, man. When you are between the position and the person. But, I, I, but yet you do it. I, I just, before we get there, Reverend, because I just don't understand. How is it that we can be criticized for something that others do all the time? How, why is it that, that, that you can be torn down uh, by, by what they think you did mm. uh, or, or, or by leaving a, a, a relationship or stepping out of getting into a divorce and we're criticized, criticized. You're criticized for those things. Yeah. And, 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 but people get divorced every day. Mm. Members come in the office and they, and they're counseling with me in that divorce. That members come in, in the office, church people come in the office and, and I know I'm on my soapbox right now, but I had to get this off on my chest. <laughs> get it off, right? <laughs> because they come in the office and, and, and they're, they're burdened down with so many life issues that we deal with. And then when they come out of the office and sit in the pew, then we're supposed to walk on this stage and be free of all of those discrepancies. So that you can put me on a, on a pedestal, put you on a pedestal and say, these are the things that you're not able to do, but these are the things that we're okay. Let me tell you who, what doing. I think. And, and I'm, I'm of the opinion, but I'm, I'm slightly different because I've been doing it a long time. The people who are married to God don't do that. The only people that. who do that are the people who date the church. Woo. The only people who, who are that kind of dogmatic and that kind of judgmental are people who step in and step out. They only need God when they need him. They don't need him when they don't need him. Yeah. They don't have a real relationship with God because people who have walked through the fire and they who understand. have walked through the flood Woo. and who have really had a relationship with God and have experienced the grace of God, they're not worried about your divorce or my divorce or, or, or my next relationship or your new wife or, or, or your child or my yeah, child. Yeah. They're not worried about that. I, I met yesterday with a man who is one of the most wealthiest people in Houston. He's 79 years old. He's a white man. He's going to be, he's coming to me on my birthday. He and I going to hang out yeah, on my yeah, birthday. Yeah, and when yeah. I say wealthy, well, I'm not talking about a million dollars in the bank. I'm talking about the kind of person who makes million dollar donations. Oh, yeah. Right. And I'm sitting here talking with him and I asked him the key to life. He's a Christian man. Yeah. This old man looked at me and he said, the key to life is keeping your butt in the middle of the road and not worrying about the people on both sides. Whew. And he's, he's 79, almost 80 years old, and he's got the principle yeah. of understanding that life is about making sure that you do and what you you're supposed to yes, do yes, and sir. not stand in the fringes and be worried about yes, other sir. people. Yes, you are a person. 
that when you came to this church and you were broken and I asked you to pray, let me tell you why I asked you to preach. And this conversation might be a little longer, so I don't know if we're going to have to break this up into two parts because I believe in my whole heart, I believe in my whole heart that you are struggling. You are struggling. You are fighting. You are crying trying to figure out how do I get in? How do I break this generational curse over my life? Why are my finances always in upheaval? Why is it that, that, that me and my wife are, are trying to have a baby and yet uh, the seed cannot connect with the egg? What is going on? Why are my children acting up over here? Why is it that I can't reconcile that relationship over here with my father or with my mother? Why am I always in turmoil? I am trying to tell you that this conversation although it is devoid of hooping and hollering and we're not all giving each other a high five and we're not up here exegeting text and we're just up here having a talk. I'm telling you that this is one of the most in, listen, the most consequential conversations that you've ever heard on this stage because God told me to tell you that there is another way in. There is another way in, and it is not manipulation. There is another way in, and it is not in being cute. There is another way in, and it is not in five surgeries. You know, I I read a scripture, a a, a meme the other day that says, fake hair, fake eyelashes, fake lips, fake everything, but you want a real man. This is about being real. (laughs) This is about not no facade. Yes, sir. This is is about no additives, and it's not just women, because there's brothers out here driving cars they can't afford, flashing their entire savings account out of their pocket, and ain't got no money in the bank, and that cavity in the back of your mouth is asking that Gucci purse how they got here first. It's about dropping all of these facades and recognizing that there is another way in, and it is called service, Service. that you can serve your way to the top. Mm. Some of the most wealthiest people I know are not number one. The man that I met with yesterday does not own his companies. He is one of the most wealthiest people in our city because he is called in to help other companies when they're struggling. He He don't own anything. But we're too selfish to be number two, Pastor. And that's why we're preaching about another way in. Way in that the man yes, sir. who helped Bill Gates build Microsoft also has a billion dollar yacht. Yes, sir. Number two. Number two. <laughs> number two. Yes, sir. I don't know who Jeff Bezos yeah, yeah. number two guy is, but I promise you he don't live in the projects. No, sir. No, sir. I don't know who's Elon Musk's second man. I don't know who is, and I could just name, I don't know who, who Warren Buffett's second in command is. I, I, don't, I don't, know, don't know, but I do know that they're not sleeping under a bridge no, sir. because there is a way to serve your way into a capacity. And for those of y'all who say, uh, I'm, I'm, this is Bible study, let me give you a scripture. Yes, sir. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 25, they traded the truth about God for a lie. Oh, my goodness. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy. Watch this. My favorite part of eternal praise. And then it finishes the scripture off with an exclamation point with this word. 
amen. And that means I agree, and that means I pause right now to tell somebody that you cannot serve God and mammoth. You cannot propagate gossip. Listen, there is one sentence that says this. Do you know what? That small people talk about people. That medium people talk about ideas and great people talk about the future. As long as your life is filled with talking about people and gossiping about what has happened, you will always maintain yourself in a small sphere, in a small space. But when you go pray for somebody else, when you go serve the works, the one who sent you while it is day, when you understand that you should not substitute the stuff that you got for the God who gave you the stuff and not trade God in for a lie. Revenue. That's that is the key. What is your value on God? Or How what much, do you value? What do you value? Yeah. Because the scripture, you know, when I looked, I was reading something about Judas. And everybody knows Judas as the one who betrayed Jesus. But to me, that's not his worst issue. Judas' worst problem to me was that G- Judas did not value Christ properly. Mm. Only because the Bible says that he was over the money bags and he would help himself to it often. (laughs) Now, the Bible says that when they were there at Lazarus' house, the box of perfume was broken. Jesus gets his feet wiped with the oil and the oil, the fragrance fills the house. And Judas says, why in the world did we break this box? For him. For him. That was a year's worth of wages. We should have put that, kept that because that's it. Judas valued something else more than he valued Christ. And then he, you go on to say that why in the world would we break the box for Jesus? Look at how he values him. The Savior, the one whom you declared was from the Lord. But you saying that since we broke that box, that the value of Jesus is not worth a fragrance of oil. And let me tell you, there is a, you just made a demarcation that needs to be highlighted because Judas was a part of the 12. The tw- but you have to understand that just because people serve you doesn't mean they value you. Ooh, Reverend, that's it. Just because people are surrounding you don't mean they value you. That's it. You know, I, I, I thought about the fact that in over 10 years of being your pastor, I've never felt Devalued. Devalued. Yeah. That, that's Never a disrespected. That's a mission. For a year's, listen, for 10 years, you and I have never had one argument. No, sir. In 10 years, you and I have never had one side word. No, sir. In 10 years, I've never heard somebody say, let me tell you what Pastor Torrance said about no. you. In 10 years, I've never been betrayed by you. In over a decade, 11 years coming yeah, up. Yeah, 11 years coming In 11 up. years, never once. So you... Give me hope and should give somebody else hope that's watching. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. How do, how, but it's but let me ask you a question before you say that. Yeah. What did I do to deserve it? Or did I do nothing? And the, and the word of the Lord is for people is that the leader shouldn't have to deserve it. It should be who you are. That's it. Because... It, was, it, was, it wasn't anything that you did. It was the mission given to me to serve God through you. And if we can recognize that serving you, though you are not God, you are his representation. Serving you is fulfilling his purpose. 
Because I serve him through you. And I say this all the time. I say, if it had not been Pastor Keon, whoever it would have been, I would have served him through them. So I have to make sure that I'm pushing you. I have to make sure that, that I'm in the right places when you can't be. I have to make sure that I, that I study enough for the preachers, that we study enough that when the pastor is not on the stage and we are there, that the people don't miss anything. I have to love like you love. I have to smell, Pastor Terry Brooks said, smell like the shepherd hmm. when the shepherd is not there. I have to make sure I find your rhythm. I have to make sure that I would love them the way that you love them. I have to make sure that I would say something similar to what you would say in a similar situation because I have to sound like you, smell like you. I'm not going to be tall as you, <laughs> but in some way I got to be similar to who you are. And I hold it down. I always tell you, I run 60 meters. That's not long. So when you go on, I run 60 meters. When you come back, I'm handing the baton back to you because this is your assignment. Man, you know, Every prison I've ever gone to, every hospital I've ever shown up at, every funeral of a family that I've ever attended, that you were there first, Mm -hmm. even if I did not know, because when your church gets to our size, you don't know. You don't know. Every time somebody gets sick, you don't know every time they send me the email and I have to literally get caught up. Sometimes (laughs) I get an email and it could be 40 people in the hospital that weekend. No way I could do all of those visitations, but yet... All of those people get touched through our ministries Absolutely. and through you and Miss Yvonne and all the other people who go yeah, out yeah. and do it. But every time I show up, yeah. they always tell me these words. Pastor Torrance told me you checked on me. Yeah. Yeah. Because you go as me. As you. Absolutely. I, I hope you all are listening to this because some of y'all are at a church right now. You're at a company. You're in a business right now. And you don't serve as you are representing the leader, many of you are trying to build a kingdom within a kingdom. Yes, sir. Many of you are trying to siphon from the well yes, sir. so that you can build your own stuff. And let me tell you, yes, sir. I have said this to Pastor Torrance, and every secure leader knows that I cannot lose what was never mine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Never once... Have I ever experienced or he's ever experienced jealousy amongst us? No, sir. And you're talking about a guy, listen, who's decided to be two with number one credentials. Yeah. He's not number two because he can't be number one. Let's talk about that because when I met you, you had a grandfather. Yeah. And And your grandfather had a church. And when he passed. And the natural succession that was supposed to take place when he passed is that you would be the senior pastor. Why did you decide? to yet again overlook another number one opportunity to be here and serve. It just wasn't my assignment, bro. We keep going back to that. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't my assignment. I, it, I don't, I'm not going to, 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 to lust for something that doesn't belong to me. Mm. It wasn't my assignment. My assignment was to be here, to be planted here, and to help this grow. And then, you know, and you said something. You said, I can never lose what never belonged to me. Mm. But for those who are in my position who are trying to come up underneath the pastor, know these words. Listen to me. You can never keep what never belonged to you. Mm. So if you're trying to take something 
and split a ministry and, and, and come in and get influence from your pastor, if it didn't belong to you, you'll never be able to keep it because they were not yours. God gave them to him. God gave him to her. You are there to support and to love them sheep with the shepherd, not in place of. You can never keep what God did not give to you. So, so, so me trying to build number one, pastor, my assignment was here to help grow this, to help grow this. I always felt like we would be at 15,000. I said that to you in Summer Creek in the little office over there where the rooms were smelly and all that kind of stuff like that. And I said, Pastor, we're going to get to 15,000 members, man. And we're going to have a big church. We're going to have a back. And they're going to be hanging from the, from the rafters. You know, my old, my old talk, hanging from the rafters. And, man, they are. Every time we come in here, man, the church is filled. Sometimes we have to have an overflow. And I look out there, I say, man, look at what the Lord has done. Look at what the Lord has done. And that drives me more to serve. Because if we got 15 before we retire, I think we can hit 30. Well, <laughs> you all heard him say something. Because we're, we're the, here's the other thing. We're the same age. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're two guys up here, 40 years old, running this race. Yeah. And we've already said we're going to retire the same day. He said he's not working one day longer than me, and yeah. I ain't working one day longer than him. Yeah. And we are, we are working this thing. And, and, and what I see mm-hmm. with you and I is something that I used to see in the previous generation. Yeah. In these days and times, you don't see, you don't see that. two brothers our age running the race at the same time yeah. without ego, without uh, without form. It's, it's void of form. It's, yeah. it's, it's the call. I, yeah. I remember this. You come to me and, um, and you say, Pastor, uh, I'm interested in one of your members. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now at this time, this is one of my good members. You it's know, we got members, members yeah. but we got yeah. good members. We got good members. And, yeah. uh, and she's here. And I said to him, ladies and gentlemen, y'all going to think, <laughs> I ain't have no business saying this, nor did I have a right, but I said it nonetheless. I said, Reverend, that's a good member. Yeah. One of my favorite. Her whole family go here. Mm-hmm. If you marry her, you got to join this church because she can't <laughs> go nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, 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 am, I was joking, but I do understand that the wife follows the husband, follows the husband and all that. But when you told me that both this church and her were your assignments and that you would not think of removing her from a place she was happy. And you guys have been with me since we started. Yeah, yeah. What do you say to, because longevity is missing in the earth. Longevity is missing in the earth. We, we are seeking something in this new age that's more about us than it is about sustainability, and, and, and we've already yeah. established that. So you get married. You become the assistant pastor of the church. And I said this to you. Ladies and gentlemen, this conversation may end here. I don't know. I can't promise you because things are coming to my head. When you first came, You were the most popular preacher. Everybody (laughs) wanted to hang around you. Yeah. Every time I looked up, you had just finished eating with this group. Yeah. Had a group of people. Had a group over here. Yeah. 
And then you became the assistant pastor. They left me. And I don't see your groups anymore. I'm in the wilderness now. <laughs> Man, talk to somebody about how lonely it gets when you go up. Yeah, leadership uh, causes separation. Popularity builds circles. And when I was popular and coming up in the ranks, had a lot of people around. But the moment I became uh, assistant pastor, uh, separation started. Because assistant pastor says, I have to make decisions. He has to make decisions I may not always agree with. Assistant pastor says that the things I got away with when he was popular, he may say something about now. Leadership creates separation. It was uncomfortable at first because I thought I needed, I thought those circles meant that people received me. But every circle that we're in doesn't mean that you received. Sometimes those circles mean that maybe you allow things to happen that wouldn't necessarily be done. But when I get into the leadership role, I find out that the less in your circle means more effectiveness in your life. The less that's in your circle, more effectiveness in your life. The less that's in your circle, the more you're challenging other people around you. Wow. The less that's in your circle, the more people may not be living up to a standard. The less that's in your circle means that maybe I'm not going to strive as hard as you. I'm not willing to make the sacrifices you're willing to make. And it's not putting me on a different level or not putting me on an island by myself to boast that I'm great. But I had to understand that that leadership, that shift in my life was a shift that I made that others may not have been prepared for. And I had to be okay with the separation. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5, it says there are different kinds of service. Yes. But we serve the same Lord. Yes. And you served your way from the back door yeah. to the stage with integrity. And one day I'll look back on this and watch this tape. And the, the hair in my face will be gray. The Lord gives me enough life, and I'll remember being able to jump off of this stage <laughs> to that ground right now, and I still yeah. can. But I'll, by the time I watch it, you won't be able to. I'll have to take it step by step. Yeah. And I'll be looking at you, and you'll be looking at me, and God knows who will be next in line for leadership at this church. Yeah. But I believe with my whole heart at the time we watched this as older men that you were my John the Baptist yeah. and that God absolutely intentionally gave you to me and in a time where men struggle to express their emotions and feelings mm -hmm. and I must admit for a portion of my life I was one but the older I get, the more I recognize how important it is for people to know how important they are to you. Yeah. And you have been an agent of change and an instrument like a trumpet that let me know that the Lord was with me in battle. Yeah. And your prayers 
and your sacrifice and your integrity and your loyalty has not gone unnoticed. If our life in the last 11 years together were radars, the line would be straight because there will be no blips from any invasions. And I know the enemy tried you on many ways, in many fronts. And I know it came up like a flood, and I know he tried to find his way in, but somehow, unlike Eve, you didn't bite the apple. And in front of God and these witnesses, I want to thank you because you are one of the reasons why I am able to still be here. Oh, man. That's a, and I appreciate you. Thank you, man. You know, I love you, man. I love you too, brother. You know, I love you, man. And I'm going to stay with it right here as long as I possibly can do it. Yeah. I'm getting older too, Reverend. You know, these old these knees getting old, back getting old. <laughs> you know, we're going <laughs> to mess around here and be on some canes. But no, no, no. Wait a minute. We're not being on the canes, right? Not, not preaching. No, I'm not preaching. Because we're going to be out of here. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have life. I told him we got probably about another good 10 to 12, maybe. We're going we gonna to go as long as the Lord say go, but I'll tell you this. <laughs> it is never my job, my desire, nor my responsibility no. to die holding this mic. No, sir. Because if I die holding this mic, I would have choked the church to death in the process. Yes, sir. Our goal, our job and responsibility is to run this race, not to round off an amount of years to say I did it 40 years, 50 years. But the day the Lord says enough is enough. Whether it's on the Wednesday in the middle of the week or whether it's on the Sunday morning after the last sermon. When he says well done, we should have done enough in that process to make sure that there was another leader in place that can take this ministry to the next level because one of the desires of my heart is to ensure that we can do in modern history what was done in times past. That when you are in southern cities, you can see churches where slaves went through. And although the buildings of monuments are still there, the raiment and the aura and the sin of ministry has long evaporated. But we need to make sure that we leave a monument and a stone that says that the Lord passed by this way. Yes, sir. And I believe that because he gives gifts without repentance and because we are here because of his grace and not our goodness, if we keep the main thing, the main thing. And let me tell you what my driver said in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as I was there doing the 100th year commemoration of Black Wall Street preaching at the Victory Church, Church. Pastor Billy, Billy Joe. Daughtry, who was the founding pastor of Victory Church with my friend Paul, pastors now. Mm-hmm. The driver was driving me, and here's a lesson for you guys as we go. Life is going to happen. The water is going to rise. Yeah. The criticisms will come. Yes, sir. Because people who are committed to seeing you wrong will never see you right. But as he drove me, and I'm looking at this campus, Mm. 
And it is massive. Mm. Football field, soccer field, college, high school, elementary school, dream center, building for the future, 5,000-seat sanctuary, right across the street from Old Roberts University. It is magnificent and beautiful. He says, Pastor Billy Joe said these words. His wife said, you can make it if you just don't get bitter. Mm. And I say to somebody watching us today mm. that if you're ever going to ascend at your company, at your ministry, at your church, mm. people are going to criticize you and the devil is going to try to sift you like wheat. You will be lied on. You will be talked about. You will be gossiped about. But as long as you just don't get bitter God will let you in to sit at the table. And when you get an invitation to the table, can you do what our Savior did? Because when we see Jesus at the table, we see him with an apron and a towel as he's washing the feet of his disciples. He did not come to be king. He came to redeem souls. Yes, sir. There is another way in. And yes, you can preach your way in. Yes, you can sing your way in. Sing your way in, yeah. And in some cases, you may be able to even give your way in. But if you don't have a voice, and you don't have a gift, and you don't have money, there is another way in. You can serve your way in. Pastor Torrance, I'm going to give you the last word, and then we're going to pray for the people of God. Well, I, <clears throat> just for those who are out there, and you may be wondering, like Pastor said, how, how do I get in to this next level of life that I know God has for me? Remove yourself from being first. God can't bless you if you continuously be in the way. You got to move out of the way. Remove self from being the first thing that everybody has to see. Secondly, don't do it because you feel like you need to see the signs and wonders. Serve because God is the main thing. And he's the only one that you're searching after. And thirdly, I leave you with these four things that I stand on every day. Be still. Don't move to the right or to the left. Be steady. Be consistently who you are. Be silent. Keep your mouth closed, your head down, and work. And be sacrificial. Remove yourself out of the way and push someone else out. And God's going to do exactly what he promised he'll do. Well, Pastor, those are the best four statements of the entire conversation. Be still. Be steady. Be silent. Be silent. And be sacrificial. And if you do that, I promise you that there is no door that the enemy can lock you out of. 
This has been the tackle, the text of the year, in my opinion, because this proves that there is another way in. You may be able to preach. Yes, sir. You may be able to sing. You may be even have resources. And maybe you can give your way in. Maybe you can preach your way in. Maybe you can sing your way in. But for those of you all who don't have a voice, yeah. for those of you all who are not famous, yeah. and you may be going from paycheck to paycheck, there is another way in. Yes, sir. You can serve your way from the back door all the way to center stage. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. I know you told me to do this. Yes, Sometimes I have a moment of anxiety wondering if it is enough for the people, but you've assured me that this is the direction you wanted us to go in. So for these moments, touch the people of God who are watching. Those who had enough courage to watch it all the way until the end. I ask that you would release a special anointing on their life. Give them joy, unspeakable joy. Deal with the rejection, anxiety, insecurities that may be on their life, what they don't have, who they are not, and let them know that there is another way in and that they don't have to be like anybody to get to the top of their destiny. Hallelujah. That with a towel and an apron, they can work the works of the one that sent them while it is day. Pray that no weapon formed against them will prosper. And that every tongue that rises up against them shall be condemned. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.